Uh, there were a lot of firsts in 1989. This was the first morning newscast at ABC7. They Before that, they were just doing little news briefs during Good Morning America. But back then, there was no traffic reporter regularly, no. I don't believe. And no. what's more, there was no woman doing traffic. You broke both those ceilings. I guess. I mean, at the time, Steve, at the time... All I was trying to do was get ahead in my career. I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm doing something innovative. I'm breaking barriers. You know, you don't think about it when you're doing it. Right. It's like I came from radio and back then there was a huge disparity in pay between women and men in radio. Actually, there kind of still is, uh-huh. uh, but I'm not, not going to go there. Um, and, and really, I, I was trying to do on-camera work just so I could make more money. <laughs> TV does pay more than radio. Yeah, but I was was looking for anything. I was trying to do commercial work. I was trying to do acting work. And then I heard about this this position uh, at at Channel 7. They were looking to hire a traffic reporter for this new morning newscast. And like I said, everybody who auditioned came from radio because it had never been done before. Nobody knew how to do chroma key. Nobody knew how to, you know, point to the expressways and put together graphics. And and uh, that's kind of how that all came about. It was all brand new. North Cortez Street, you know where that is? Do you know where every street is in Chicago? No, I don't. <laughs> I know where 99.9% of them are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have to learn that going in or you learned that along the way? I, I did have to learn that going in, but not into television. My my first radio traffic job was six months after I graduated from college, actually. and I Where did you go to college? I, I graduated from Columbia College in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so I'm local, local, and then I'm local. <laughs> I'm very local. I grew up in Niles, and um, I started at Western Illinois University. But then I transferred to Columbia when I really decided I wanted to go into radio. And um, after that, I only worked in Chicago. It's the only market I've ever worked in. Thirty five years, and if you didn't catch this earlier. You're leaving, you're retiring. Why did you decide to do this now? And after all, I don't understand because you're only 41. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. No, I, um, I'm 66 and I actually still had more time on my contract, but I, I talked to management and I, I chose this particular time because the week I'm retiring is the week of the 35th anniversary of the morning show and my personal 35th anniversary. And I thought that would just be a really nice way uh, to wrap things up. Has there been any morning that you've come in and there's been no traffic to report on, I suppose, during the pandemic? The pandemic was interesting because, first of all, we were broadcasting from home. So that in itself was bizarre. How did you do? I don't remember. I, I know I watch you all the time, but how did you do the maps and all those things from home? I had a 55-inch monitor, just they, a regular, you know. Your own te- TV, or they brought you in one? Oh, no. I, I bought one. Uh-huh. I got reimbursed for it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but I, I, I got a 55-inch monitor, and I set it on top of my, my kitchen island. And Oh, I remember. There's, and we would see your dogs yeah. <laughs> occasionally. You'd see the dogs. 
Traffic Pup Lola. You'd see Lola. <laughs> you'd see my cat, Lulu. Uh-huh. Uh, the, and you'd point them out. If, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember now. All the time. The cat, when she got really courageous, she would just jump up on the on the uh, counter on the island, and she would just walk across. <laughs> and people, nobody was listening to what I was saying. They were just, like, watching the animals. We want to see the animals. But, you know, that happened with everybody who was broadcasting at home who had pets. Yeah. I mean, everybody's like, oh, I want to see their pets. But I had the monitor there, and there was software. So I had a computer. And I could log in to the software that provided the graphics, and I had a clicker. Um, it was just like a little garage remote that I bought at Target, <laughs> and I connected that, and so I could advance my own maps. I mean, it was quite the setup. I had I had two lights on either side of me, and um, I had a return video that I set up so I could see, could see the anchors when they would yep. toss to me or I could see the maps I was talking about or if the chopper was flying over something. I actually, oh my God, I, I forgot all about this. We totally MacGyvered an antenna on the top of my house so I could get the chopper signal so I could I could talk to them on a two-way. Wow. Unbelievable. Climbed up on the roof. I was talking to my pilot and he gave me the equipment and we, you know, ran cables up on, on top of the roof and pointed it toward the Hancock so we could get the signal in. It was crazy. But what a setup. You know, a couple of times I went, uh, went out with you on stories uh, that had to do with dogs because right, that course. is another love of yours. You've been supporting anti-cruelty about to celebrate its 125th year, by the way. Right. For a long time. Bark in the Park, you and our mutual friend Bart Shore mm-hmm. from radio, who's <laughs> uh, now living out where? in Near Nashville or Asheville? Asheville, Asheville. yeah. North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, what a joy, you know, uh, to work with both of you and to work with you on stories. You know, what a pro you are. But that is no surprise. Here's the crazy question for you. What's been the most difficult morning? Was there one that was like everything was blowing up all at once? That happens a lot. <laughs> but not, it, it, well, when it gets incredibly busy and you're just trying to keep up with things, um, the snow, the, oh gosh, the Chicago flood. Do you mm. remember the Chicago flood? What was that, 92 or something? Somewhere Early around 90s? there. Yes, remind us of oh. what it was. It was part of like River North mostly. It was. So uh, you say Chicago flood. That's what they referred to it on the right, national news. It was like right. the whole city was flooded. No, no. That wasn't it, the case. If you didn't know, you wouldn't know because yeah. what flooded was underground. Yeah. This whole infrastructure underground, all these tunnels that used to be used to to transport coal across the city. I mean, they were used for some pretty antiquated things, if you think of it today. Um, but yeah, that's what flooded. And I forget it was a breach. Somebody was doing some construction somewhere and there was a breach and it, and it just I mean, under under the uh, the pedway, mm, you know, that yeah. goes between. Back then, Marshall Fields, you know, Macy's, uh, to the blue line. I mean, it was just nuts. And I, I have pictures of myself sitting in the newsroom at a desk. This was before we even had desks. We had cubicles. It was, and I, I was the newbie, so I didn't even have a cubicle, you know. And I'm sitting there in the middle of the newsroom at this desk, and I'm just trying to crank out scripts. And I, I put in some really long days during that that time period i mean anytime there's breaking news the the blizzard of whatever it was not well, that long ago several since no, the one, in those 35 years the one well yeah the one just recently the most recent one where everybody parked their cars on dusaba lakeshore drive and left them there yeah. on valentine's day that the, that the, one yes i remember and there wasn't much traffic 
to report because the drive was closed, right? Right, right. But I mean, it, because everybody left their cars there. You yeah. couldn't get through if you wanted to. That was one time that I actually stayed overnight downtown. Hmm. Um, you know, whenever we would have extreme weather like that and they would make the, the morning news go on earlier, uh, they would offer a lot of us the option if we wanted to stay at a hotel downtown so we wouldn't have to drive through this treacherous weather. And I live fairly close. I'm 12 miles out. So, I mean, eh, for me, it was no big deal. But that morning, I, I chose to stay um, because it was just too crazy. And I didn't want to take a chance. What time do you, because you're still doing it. Yes, I am. What time do you get up in the morning? Now I'm getting up. My alarm goes off at one twenty-five. It's pathetic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Is that going to be the best thing out of retirement that you don't have to do that anymore? Absolutely. I'm tired of being tired. <laughs> I just want to sleep. I want to sleep seven, eight hours a night and not set an alarm. She does not sound tired, does she? <laughs> uh, you are a Chicago icon. You really are. You should stop saying that. That's you just like are. so weird. <laughs> oh, well, I've just been doing this a long time. That's all. You're beloved. I I'll will t- say that. I'll tell you something, Steve. I was I when we did the announcement, and that's what you were playing before when I made yeah. the announcement on the air. Um, I I was so overwhelmed by the outpour of love that I got on social media emails, phone calls. I was hearing from people like I haven't talked to in 20 years because I don't change my contact information. But I mean, it was like, yeah. oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I mean, people from state police, people from, from IDOT, people from everywhere, all walks of people who say, you don't, you probably don't remember, but you were at the auto show and you stopped what you were doing to take a picture with me. And then they would put the picture up there. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, it was just so incredible. Very, very overwhelming. Well, and there are reasons for that. Not everyone on television, Chicago feels that way about. And I have the full, I have my own theory as to why people love you so much. Texts are coming in about Roz Varon. People just saying thank you. People just saying uh, we love you. And oh, I do, Roz. You know, I know you and I know what a good heart you have and what a nice person you are. Thing is, that comes across on the air. And we also shared with you this entire story and with cancer. And you said one day, I don't remember how you said it, but on television, this is what's going on with me. And you could follow my journey. And we did. And I think you helped. Let me rephrase that. I know you helped a lot of people in the process. And I know that's true because you've told me stories about people who have come up to you and have said that. You know, the thing is, I feel a certain responsibility. Um, Not everybody handles cancer the same way. Some people are very public about it, and some people are very private about it, and I respect either way. Sure. But for me, I felt I had a responsibility because I had a platform, and I could reach a lot of people. And this was before social media. I was diagnosed in 2006, Mm -hmm. initial diagnosis, stage four breast cancer. With uh, metastasis to the liver. And I was so totally freaked out by that when I talked to my doctor about it. And my daughter was only 10. I said, who's going to raise my daughter? And they said, you are. Just like that. And it it was like kind of this slap of reality. Okay, put on your big girl pants and deal with this. And I, I really believe knowledge is power. Sometimes it's not the knowledge that you want. I know more about breast cancer than I ever thought I would. Yeah. But and but 
in all of this time since I was diagnosed, so many things have changed. Treatments, medications, I mean, a lot has improved and changed, and that's a very good thing. But because I felt I had this platform to reach people, I was always very open about it. I I took three months off of work, and I had camera crews come to my house on occasion, and I would just give updates. I would give little video updates so I people remember. could see what yeah. I was doing. And like I remember the one time after I lost my hair, um, I went wig shopping with my daughter, who was just a little, you know, little pipsqueak at the time. And she wanted a wig, too. So I got, all right, you can have a wig, too. <laughs> so we did this whole thing in the bathroom. And we're like, you know, these these wigs are really itchy, aren't they? And she's like, yeah, they are. I'm like, all right, let's go. One, two, three. We just whipped them off. And it was so funny. It was so cute. Um, you and, were you were an inspiration to others. Were you inspired by what some of your viewers told you? Absolutely, I was. I, I mean, think about this, Steve. If you were able to save one life, two yeah. lives. I mean, I'm not saying that I, I saved them, but at least I kind of thought of myself as a conduit. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't always have the answers, but I know the people who do. And I would point them in that direction or I would talk to them because people were scared. They didn't know where to turn. They didn't have insurance. They didn't know what was going to happen. So, I mean, a, a lot of times I would give out my personal, my cell phone number. I'm like, call me. If you want to talk, call me. And, and they did. And that made me feel it was very gratifying to know that I was helping somebody in that way. Uh, I love this question. Are the Roz Varen road trips going to continue? Ooh, stay tuned. Explain explain what I'm talking stay about. Stay tuned. Okay. So You wrote a whole book about these I did. road trips. Yeah. You had me on your show. I did. <laughs> so Roz on the Road or On the Road with Roz was the name of the book, but Roz on the Road, those those were my one tank trips. This all started back in 2008, like after the recession, and Jennifer Graves, our news director, said, I think it would be really good if you could do some short travel pieces where you can get to on a tank of gas so people who don't have a lot of money to vacation during the recession can still do something fun. And I'm like, cool, let's do it. So I started doing these one-tank trips. Then um, last year... We all talked about it, same news director, and she said, I don't know if we should still be calling them one-tank trips because so many people have EVs now, electric vehicles. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about tanks. And I said, okay, well, we'll just call them Roz on the road. Yeah. On the road to here, on the road to there. So um, there, there's a possibility. We'll see. Stay tuned. Oh, so you might come back and just do that. I don't know. I can't Because you really... don't have to get up at one in the morning to do that. I'm, I am... <laughs> Um, when I was talking to management and they were saying, hey, you know, maybe maybe after you retire, if you want to come and fill in when that, that whoever takes your place is on vacation, you can come and fill in. And I went, ah, no, <laughs> I, I'm never getting up that early again on a regular basis. No, 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 no. Well, what's nice and rare in this industry in particular is to say, I'm doing this on my terms and I'm making the choice. That's, and you did. I am very, very grateful for that because I, like I said, I still had some time left on my contract and I chose to just work up until this April 5th would be my last day. So it can coincide with my 35th anniversary and management was very happy to to do that and I thanked them 
independently, both of them, the news director and the general manager. And I said, it, it means a great deal to me. And it does, because it's just, it's a very nice way to wrap things up. Well, I want to get back to the road trips. What was your favorite? Or let me rephrase that. What oh. was the most memorable road trip, even if it was horrible? Oh, gosh. You know, it, okay, the most memorable one? Yeah. It is a recent one. And it was a repeat. I went to Kohler, Wisconsin, but I took Val Warner with me. And you both got sinks, toilets. Don't, well, they, don't, don't they make that in Kohler? <laughs> they do. We didn't. We did not buy any. <laughs> but um, it was so much fun to do that with another person. And Val is amazing. She is so much fun to work with. She's just quick witted. I've she's, never met her. Oh, she's great. You'd love her. I'm told she's a huge animal lover, actually. Yes, she is. Yeah, yeah, I but, like that. But she, she's just a, a fun person and very camera savvy, I, just easy to work with. So what was in Kohler that you guys, Well, we, beside the fact Val was there, we, what else? Well, we went to the, you know, the Kohler factory, so you, you can take these behind-the-scene tours. And then we went into um, town. Oh, now it escapes me, the name of the town. It's right next to it. Ugh, I hate when this happens. Um, Ugh, I can't think like of it. Like Geneva? No, 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 no. It's, but there, there's another little town right next to, to Kohler. Kohler is incorporated. It's its own town. And it's right along Lake Michigan. And it is – they do surfing. What? In, they surf in, in the lake and mostly in the winter because that's when you have the higher waves. Isn't it cold in the water? It is. Yes. Not my idea of a good time. Did you do this? Hell no. <laughs> no, no. But but we, we did this. We went out in the fall and it was but still you've lovely done weather. so many things on camera that one would say, I'm not going to do. Did you skydive ever on no. camera? What Did you say no to anything aside from surfing and skydiving? No, I don't think I I, I, I I don't say no when they offer these. I, I sat on a bull when I was doing like my, my weekender a segment, real a bull? real bull, and, and they were doing the, the you know, bull, whatever, uh, the rodeo. Yeah. And so they had it in a pen, but I sat on top of it with my microphone. And I was, <laughs> I was like, and you can feel the strength in this animal. That was a little scary. But a lot of other reporters turned that down. I said, oh, no, I'll do it. <laughs> so, I, I have ziplined on camera. I mean, I've, I've done some stuff. Done yeah, some stuff. And, and I know when we went out, you said, no, 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 I'll do it. That was after a dog delivered a, a gift from the rear end. And oh, you wanted to pick it up. It up. Yeah. Yes, you were right there. I cleaned up my dog's mess. I do it all the time. Yes, yes, yes. Steve, you, are, you are wonderful. Poop is poop. Yeah, that's <laughs> And we could say there's no bull about you now. <laughs> Roz Varen, you're amazing. Uh, it's good to have you in studio. Congratulations. I have less than a minute left. What are you going to be doing after retirement, aside from sleeping later? The first thing I want to do is absolutely nothing. I'm, I'm going to take three months to do nothing except take care of me. I want to I want to purge my house. I want to clean out the closets, get rid of stuff, all these work clothes I'm not going to need anymore, and just make it mine. And and I want to go out to dinner on a weeknight. I never get to do that. I, I already have like a dozen friends who are like, let's go out, let's go out. And I'm like, okay, okay, after April 5th, we're going out. Well, we're happy to go out with you, share a margarita anytime. We've done that before. We can do it again. We'll do it again. Is Sheboygan the name of the city? Yes, it is. Yep. Oh, thank a thank texter. It wasn't you. me. Thank you, thank oh. you, 815. Thank you, Roz. The best of luck to you. Thank you, Steve.